Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing good, mostly because I have this amazing interview with Lion Goodman to share with you today. I just listened back to it again, and no lie, I learn new things every time I hear him speak. And I was, <laughs> I was there for the original interview. We're talking about how to clear our limiting beliefs, what limiting beliefs are, why we have them, where they come from, and, and what to do about them. One of my favorite things he says is, we have beliefs. We are not our beliefs. We talk briefly about how childhood trauma can cause these beliefs. It isn't graphic or anything, but we do touch on it, and I wanted you to know. The other thing is that during our interview, Lion did a clearing session with me using his rescuing the inner child technique. It was a very intense, very emotional experience, and it was incredibly effective. I recorded this interview a while back, and that belief now, when I think about it, just doesn't have the sting or, or the weight it did. It's hard to explain, but where I would feel the thought ring true before, it now feels really hollow. Anyway, it was long. It was longish, about 25 minutes, and there's a lot of silence as I try to work through what's happening, which is not great for a podcast. So I, I edited out that segment. I do have the video and I can put it up on the Patreon page if you want to see a session in action. There's a link to the Patreon page in the show notes, or you can always just search your chakra coach on the Patreon page if you want access to that session. Let me tell you a little about Lion. He has been called a belief therapist, a subconscious pattern detective, and a healer of the psyche. He helps people heal core wounds from childhood and delete old programming from their subconscious mind. This process clears away limitations, resistance, and blocks that interfere with creating the life you want, whether in relationships, finances, health, wealth, work, or family. We actually have a moment where we go through each of our chakras one by one and talk about the kinds of limiting beliefs that can live in each one. And when you learn to remove your negative and limiting beliefs, what emerges is your power as creator of your own life. You can then easily and naturally create the great and beautiful life you deserve. Lion is also an author, coach, and teacher. His work has been featured in educational organizations such as the Shift Network, Mind Valley, Lifebook, Impact Coaching Academy, and in dozens of media outlets, including goodmenproject.com and yourtango.com. The links to all of his websites can be found in the show notes. All right, so let's meet Lion. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. 
So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, hi, Lion, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you I, for inviting me. My pleasure. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your work in the world. So as I mentioned in the intro, your work is primarily with helping people clear limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their best life um, and limiting beliefs surrounding uh, or created by maybe is the terminology childhood uh, traumas or even traumas experienced as an adult and uh, wounds that we've sort of developed energetically over the years. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about what a limiting belief is and just explain what you do? Sure. Uh, first of all, it's important to note that all beliefs are limiting. Okay. Whenever, whenever we have a belief, we're taking the entire universe and its complexity and simplifying it down into a simple statement. And so we're separating whatever we're looking at from the whole matrix. So when you see a cat walking by, if you look deeply into it, you see that it's this incredible multidimensional creature with this long history of felines dating back to saber-toothed tigers and, and into the future. And it's it's this incredible creature with its own personality and its own physiology, its own unique life. But then as soon as you say, oh, that's just a cat, that's a belief, right? That is a cat. That's a perfectly valid statement. It's also a belief. And it also takes that multidimensional creature and turns it into a name. Hmm. Wait, why do we do that? Is it just because we have to have a way to organize things in our brains? Is that just how the brain works? Yes to both of those questions. So this is how the mind works. We are swimming in this multidimensional sea of sensations, visions, auditory auditory sounds, smells, and, and our own body's position in space and the environment. If we were trying to pay attention to all of it, we couldn't function. And so beliefs are the way we take the world and structure it. We identify patterns that are in the world. And then we use those patterns to survive. Interesting. So then is what we're terming sort of, in this case, a limiting belief, something, it's a pattern that we've developed over time that is no longer serving. Either it was never true or it isn't true now and is holding us back in this moment. Is that how we describe these limiting beliefs? Absolutely. Um, so limiting beliefs come from many different places. The first one is when we're born, we're trying to come to some conclusions to survive. This face comes close. I feel all warm and cuddly and 
nurtured. That face comes close and I feel cold and prickly and I don't like the feeling, right? So we identify those patterns. Now I've made a distinction between this face and that face. It becomes a belief. That face means I'm going to be cared for. That face means I'm going to feel uncomfortable. So that's the primitive level of this pattern identification system. And that's just the beginning. Then pretty soon our parents tell us who we are mm. and what we're capable of. That's programming from the outside. Our siblings look at us and call us a little turd because we interfered with their <laughs> lives. And then we take on that belief. And then we go to school and the teachers tell us their beliefs and the other students tell us theirs. And we go to church or synagogue or mosque and we are told what God is and what life is and what you're supposed to do, what you're not to do. And then the media comes in and tells you if you drink this fancy drink, you'll be happy. And if you eat this hamburger, you'll have friends. And so beliefs become, become layered on top of each other, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of beliefs that are programmed into us. But then there's also the ones that we conclude ourselves. So if I'm being beaten by my father, a, ch a child can't blame the parents. The child can't say, wow, this guy really needs therapy. He ought to you know, get some help. The, sure. child blame, the child blames themselves. There must be something wrong with me that he's treating me this way, that he's he's hurting me. So children blame themselves. So that's a conclusion that becomes later a limiting belief. There's something wrong with me. I'm a bad person. I'm a sinner. You know, there's there's I'm broken, right? And so there's ones that we develop ourselves. There's the ones that come in from the outside. And then there's the ones we inherit from our culture and society and our grandparents and great-grandparents and the religions that we grow up in. So it's a complex mix of ways that we gain limited beliefs and our beliefs themselves, which are all limiting. Interesting. And I I think, you know, we're we're obviously just simply a collection of those beliefs. And it can be really hard to sort of sort out which ones are true, which ones are not true, to hard to even know what could be considered objectively true. What on earth is objective truth in the world. I feel like I couldn't possibly identify that. And so if I have this limiting belief that there's something wrong with me, right, I can look at another person and say, well, that's objectively untrue. But how do we start to address that in ourselves? One of the things I teach is that beliefs are not true or false. They're not good or bad. They're simply tools that consciousness uses to have certain experiences. So we have beliefs, but we are not our beliefs. We're something much more than our beliefs. We're multidimensional complex creatures in the universe. But the beliefs are useful and in some cases. For example, the belief, look both ways before you cross the street, is a very useful belief for children. It's also a useful belief for us as adults. It helps us navigate the world. If you don't have that belief, you can get hit by a bus. Sure. But the belief there's something terribly wrong with me, I'm broken and I'll never get better, that's going to create limitations of the person's experience, choices, actions, future. It squashes them down into a, a non-volitional creature. So like when the, the Buddhists talk about there is suffering in the world, but we also don't need to have unnecessary suffering that's what these beliefs are creating in us is the unnecessary suffering. Beautifully said, right. Uh, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Right. So, yes. 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 So it's the beliefs. It's how we see 
the suffering, how we see through it, if we experience what we're experiencing fully, then that experience can be resolved, digested, and completed. But if we resist the experience, it gets stuck in us. Mm -hmm. And so then that stuck place is a limitation. It's like a knot in the system, the nadis actually in, in the Hindu tradition. And, and so those knots will limit the flow of energy and they prevent us from living fully, being fully and expressing fully. Well, and I think that flows beautifully into my next question, which is, I know you relate a lot of this work to the chakras and talk about limiting beliefs that can be sort of housed in each energy system. And it does, you know, you're talking about like a knot, right? That's stopping the energy flow through the chakra system. At least I think that's what you're saying. Yes, okay. it is what I'm saying. Um, in our book, Creating on Purpose, Anaday, Judith, and I describe the flow of energy down through the chakras. Most people think of it as flowing upwards, but it also flows downwards. And the downward current is the manifestation current. We take an idea at the six, at the seventh chakra and above, we get an idea, we get inspiration, and then we have to move it into a vision, the sixth chakra, so we can see it clearly. And then into the throat chakra to communicate it clearly, then into the heart chakra to relate to other people in a way that moves our vision forward. And then into the power center where we take one step at a time toward our vision. That's the action step that a lot of people forget to take. And then That's down, the hard one. <laughs> it is the hard one. But of course, as soon as you're moving forward in the world, you're coming up against blocks and barriers and resistance. And you need the second chakra passion to work your way through those blocks and barriers. Otherwise, they'll stop you. And everything comes down to the root chakra, which is connected to our legs and our feet. And that's where we take one step at a time. Mm -hmm. That's the only way we can get through this journey is one step at a time. And th that's where if you plan your steps and take your steps, you will actually accomplish that idea you had originally. So beliefs can interfere at any of those levels or in between the levels and prevent a person from taking the next step. Would you give us an example of limiting beliefs that are maybe specific to a couple of the chakras? I think, um, like, I feel like it's easy to feel that in the solar plexus, a limiting belief, like, I, I can't do this. And so you don't, right? Like, there's, uh, that's a, that seems fairly straightforward to me. But in the upper chakras, maybe before it even gets to the solar plexus, what are some examples of limiting beliefs that live there? Well, how many, how many of us have had an idea and then the immediate thought is, oh, that'll never work. I think everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's that's all the way up at the seventh chakra. That's preventing an inspiration to come in and manifest right there. Or nobody nobody's going to want to hear my idea. That's another limiting belief that will prevent it from moving even into the vision center. Or I see my vision clearly, but I can't talk to anybody about it that would prevent it from moving into the, the throat chakra. So each chakra can be blocked by almost any belief. Interesting. How do, I have two questions. So sometimes I find it very easy to determine like where my limiting belief is or what, or I guess what it is. I can say, uh, I believe I, I'm not smart enough to figure this out, right? I know that's my limiting belief and I can start to address it. But sometimes 
if I can't identify it, what, what, do you, what sort of advice do you give to people to start discovering and exploring where their limiting beliefs lie? Well, the first step of awakening is always awareness, right? So you, you, at that point, you are aware that you have a limiting belief, but our limiting beliefs are stored down in the subconscious mind, which we don't have ready access to. At least most people don't, but there's many ways of tapping into it. One is to get into a meditative state and just feel your way into that belief, feel the frustration that you're feeling by having the belief, getting the sensation in your body, and then following the sensation backward in time to earlier and earlier times when you felt that sensation. Now, our memories are great, but they're also malleable, and we make a lot of stuff up. <laughs> so by following the feeling back in time, you can get all the way to your pre-verbal experiences because you had feelings and sensations way before you had words. So by going back through time, we, we have a process called rescuing the inner child, which is to go back to a particular moment in time where that belief was formed because of some experience, because our experiences are one of the places that create our beliefs, right? So by tapping into the feeling, you can get access to much deeper levels than just the thought form of there's something wrong with me or I'm not capable or I'm not smart enough. And usually there's an experience back there. You, you answer a question in elementary school class and kids laugh at you and the teacher goes, no, that's not right. And that sense of humiliation would create the, the conclusion, I'm not smart enough. I see. And so that is an example of what you mean when you talk about childhood wounds, right? That that humiliation sort of creates an energetic rift as you're developing and you have sort of before the answer to the question where you were smart enough and after the question where you no longer feel smart enough. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's like the mother wound. That's the wound from which all of these other wounds sort of spring. Well, remember we have millions of experiences moment by moment in our life. And experiences are multidimensional, right? Our experiences, we have sound and sight and sensation and sensing and the environment, sensing the environment, sensing ourselves. So the experiences of early childhood are multidimensional. The beliefs we form out of those experiences are also multidimensional. That's, they have to be, right? Because they're made of experience. And there's a lot of techniques where you're told what to do, like to change your mind about something or just think differently or just beat on a pillow or tap and make it go away. But they don't work because they don't reach all of the multidimensionality of that conclusion, which was experiential. So we have to get people back to the experiential level where it is multidimensional. And then when you clear it, it's cleared permanently and completely and it's gone and it doesn't come back. Yeah. And you were telling me that, honestly, it doesn't really take all that long to clear the limiting belief that it happens in a single session with right. you, right? That's right. What typically happens in one of those sessions? How does that, tell me about that. As you know, I'm like fascinated and terrified by the the whole idea of it. Well, a person comes to me or to any of my trained coaches uh, with whatever problem or issue there is in life, you know, like a like going to a psychotherapist, they say, well, what's going on? Well, I'm having a problem with my husband. 
Oh, well, tell me more, right? And you begin a narrative, you begin talking about it. Well, we don't, we cut through the talk. We're not really interested in the narrative. We want to go directly to the experience. So we would ask, well, what does it feel like when this happens? Oh, I get this knot in my stomach and my throat closes up. Okay, well, let's work with that. Just feel that for a while. Just feel that sensation. And then we work that sensation back through time, find the source material, and then we use one of our processes. We have 15 different methods of clearing it out of the psyche. And then the person feels free of it. It's no longer impacting them. But in that space, there's an opportunity. And that is to plant a new belief. What would you prefer to believe instead of that one? Now, the belief might be, my husband's an ass. <laughs> so let's clear that. Now, there's that's not in the way anymore. What would you like to believe? I'd like to believe that my husband is a loving being who has a few flaws. Okay, great. Let's plant that belief. It's like if you started a garden, you would you'd clear the soil first. You'd take out the rocks and the weeds, and you'd amend the soil, and you'd turn it over, and then you'd plant your seeds, and they can now grow unencumbered. Same is true in the mind. We have to clear out the negative beliefs first. And then when you plant a new belief, it can take root and grow and blossom. So in that space, we reprogram the mind at its core level to have a new belief, which you now see the world through. Now your husband looks like a great guy who's got a few flaws and, and you can actually have a relationship with him that works. That's a much nicer life to live, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you mentioned, you know, my throat closes up and I feel a knot in my stomach. Do you then uh, know that the throat chakra and the solar plexus chakra are the primary energy centers involved in that? Or is that sort of separate? How do these two things relate in your work? If you're chakra oriented, then you would see things through the chakra lens. Mm -hmm. If you're psychology oriented, you would see things through the psychological lens. I happen to be belief oriented. So I see things through the belief lens and any of these models can work. They're just models for who we are as beings. There are limitations in themselves. We're seeing through a particular lens and that's informing us. So if your orientation is toward the chakras, then you get to see it and see energetically, oh, I can see that that person's blocked. There's a little block in their heart energetically and there's a block in their throat. What's that about? Let's go back and find out where did that begin? Oh, it began when your father told you, shut up. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Ah, okay. So whenever my husband looks at me a certain way, like my dad looked at me, boom, that chakra gets activated. That trigger gets activated. I shut down and I, I don't express myself. So all of these things are interrelated because we're multidimensional beings. How does this, this may just be like a complete random side tangent, but there's a lot of talk about generational trauma, traumas that come down through our grandparents, even our great grandparents and affect us. And we're not even quite sure why, but it sounds like this work would really help with generational trauma as well. What are your thoughts about that? Absolutely. There are beliefs that come through that trauma for example, a, a, a grandparent who lived through the Depression. In fact, I had a client like this yesterday. Grandparents lived through the Depression. And even though they had money, they restricted themselves 
to make sure that they kept their money and didn't spend any of it. So anything that their ch children wanted, the answer was no, you don't get that. You don't get to have that. So my client, that was her mother, right? So her mother came in to her life as a mother with this idea that you don't spend money on children. And so her daughter, my client, experienced deprivation. It's like, I'm, I'm not even allowed to want anything. So how do I even know what I want? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so this is how intergenerational trauma works. Our parents were, were traumatized and injured. Their parents were traumatized and injured. Their parents were traumatized and injured. And it goes back multiple generations, probably for thousands of years. There's certain beliefs like women should be barefoot, pregnant, and, and be cooking and not say anything. That's been around for thousands of years. And so that's cultural programming. And no matter how hard we push against it, if there's all the people around you who are living it, it's really hard to push against it. Just ask anyone who grows up in a in a radical religion. Uh, they they it's hard to get rid of their beliefs because they grew up inside the truth of those beliefs because everybody believed them. And it can be really painful too to let go of some of those beliefs around which you've created the person you think you are. Absolutely, so those I are imagine... identity beliefs. Yes, exactly, identity beliefs. Thank you for the terminology for that. Right. We identify with certain things we think about ourselves and then letting go of that then leaves us with a space of, well, if I'm not that, who am I? And I love what you were saying earlier about sort of the seeds. OK, well, we've we've cleared out the weeds, the, the things that we don't want. And then we have new thoughts that we choose to believe instead. And I think maybe that's the step that we we miss a lot. Right. We tend to sort of I don't want to think that anymore, but we don't know how to replace. How to replace the negative thought. And I know you said they're neither positive nor negative, but the thought we don't want, perhaps with a thought we do want. Um, is that a complicated process? Well, it's it depends on the tools you have. You know, if if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So people who have uh, benefited from affirmations say, all you have to do is say affirmations 100 times a day. Well, that works for some people some of the time, but it doesn't work for most people most of the time. Some people say, uh, just do tapping, tap, tap the energy away. And that works for some people some of the time, but not most people most of the time. That's why they say you have to do it over and over and over again. And then people do it over and over again. It still doesn't work. Then they feel bad about themselves. Like, I guess it doesn't work on me. There must be something wrong with me. Mm, and we're it's just not, back to that belief. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so that's not helpful. And people feel worse after trying one of these techniques. And it's not them. It's the technique that's the problem. Those techniques are one dimensional. They work on one aspect. Tapping works on the energetic aspect of our physical body. That's groovy. It should be included, but it's not the only thing and it doesn't impact the other parts of us, our thoughts, our emotions, our memories, our history. So it takes a multidimensional tool. And when you have that multidimensional tool, then it's easy because we are multidimensional beings, our beliefs are multidimensional. And with that kind of tool, you just clear it out. So that's why you have 15 separate tools that you and your coaches use. 
because that's right. Not everybody's the same. Every person is unique. Every situation is unique. Every program that they have is unique because it came from their unique experience. So that's why we have a whole tool set. Uh, just like a carpenter comes to your house, he doesn't have just one tool. He's got a whole truckload full of them because he doesn't know what he's going to encounter. So he needs tools for every purpose. And that's what our training is. It gives people those tools. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm very interested in the process. And I think it's probably something that we should all be looking at in ourselves is what are our limiting beliefs? Because I've heard and I, I struggle with believing it that if you don't have sort of what you're looking for in life, it's because you don't believe that you can have it. Because if you believed you could have it, you would have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like true. I said, I struggle with that. I don't know how true that is, but I, I understand sort of the impetus behind that, meaning that there's something within us that does hold us back sometimes for what we want. Well, let's, let's put it this way. If that was the only belief you had that I deserve it, you'd get it pretty easily. But that's not how we're structured. We have thousands of beliefs, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of beliefs. And on any particular topic, especially me, my worthiness, my abilities, we have thousands of beliefs. And so beliefs come in clusters. Uh, there's something wrong with me. Nobody likes me. Nobody likes me because something there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. I'll never be repaired. I'm a sinner. That means I'm going to go to hell. Uh, I, I can't get approval from anybody, so I can't move forward. So these are all clustered together mm -hmm. and they reinforce each other. So you have to take those clusters apart piece by piece and make and clear the whole cluster. And then when you plant the belief, it sticks, it grows and it blossoms. But as long as there's negative beliefs, all the weeds and rocks there, you can't just change one belief and have it come true magically. It doesn't happen because there's more interference than there is will to move it forward. Some people have very strong wills and they can just will themselves into new beliefs. Most people can't. Most people need a little bit more of an indirect approach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lion, this whole conversation has been fascinating and enlightening. And I feel like I learned so much. And I think the listeners would very much like to know more about you and your work. And I know you have a new book coming out. We barely even got to that, but um, I really did want to talk about these limiting beliefs today. So if people are interested in learning more about what you do, or maybe even experiencing what I experienced with you, where can they find you? Well, I have many websites. In fact, sometimes I think I have multiple website disorder. Um, <laughs> I can help you with those now I'm learning with study and practice. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So uh, first of all, we offer a free monthly event, which is pretty cool. It's where you learn to identify your core beliefs in a particular area. So we've done one on money, one on relationships. The next one coming up is on sales, marketing, and visibility. And then we'll have a different one each month. So people can register for those at beliefrelief.net beliefrelief.net. Belief. I will put that in the show notes, beliefrelief.net. Yeah. And for people who are interested in learning how to use these techniques for their own clients, anyone who's a practitioner, whether it's a teacher, yoga teacher, therapist, coach, uh, our training is called the Clear Beliefs Coach Training. And they can find out about that at clearbeliefs.com. Okay. 
for people who want to clear their own beliefs, we have a coaching program where one of our trained coaches helps you clear the major blocks out of your life. And they can find out more at clearyourbeliefs.com. Ah, yes. We'll put all of this in the show notes. And for those who want to learn more, liongoodman.com. Liongoodman.com. Well, thank you so, so much for your time and your energy and your generosity today with all of your knowledge. I, I truly appreciate it. Um, before we go, is there anything else that you would like people to know about this work or about you? Yes. Um, Anadea and I have taken our book and turned it into a program that you can do online. And the program is called uh, The Art of Manifestation Mastery. And you get our book, Creating on Purpose, along with the program. And you can go to creatingonpurpose.com to find out about the program. It's just being released now. So it might take another week or two until everything's all together. But uh, who knows? You might be able to order it now. Fantastic. Well, that all is incredibly exciting and really just sounds like something the world needs, right? Mm -hmm. I so appreciate what you do in the world. Um, and thank you just so much for being here. Thank you, Sarah. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be with you, get to know you, hang out with you. Let's do it again sometime. Let's. All right, Lion, I will talk to you later. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.